Welcome to the Media Timeout Podcast. Let's be great. Let's be great. You're home for the sports content you want with the authenticity you need. Have some fun out here. You know, enjoy the journey of all this. We're trying to get 16 wins and going after a gold trophy. Where nothing is out of bounds. Now welcome your host, Jamal Tanner. Welcome back to the MTO Podcast. It's your boy Jamal, back at it again with my main man, Nick. Today we're going to talk about how wrong we were about the Super Bowl, get into some of the hardware handed out in the NFL over the weekend, talk about this year's Hall of Fame class, some potential QBs on the move, and then we'll mix it up with some NBA talk as well. Uh, so we have a lot to get to, but let's, start a, let's go ahead and start with the Super Bowl. Uh, Nick, what were your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts were, how wrong could I be about this Super Bowl, honestly? Man, oh, man. We were confident. But, you know, confident. Everybody, I feel like, was confident, honestly. Anybody I saw on TV was pretty – I mean, they had a high scoring, though, I think, on both ends. It's just one team scored and the other team didn't show up. And it was, you know, the team that had the most explosive offense, really, for the last two years that didn't show up. But I think, you know – a lot of people missed something that was right in front of our face. You know, it was the forest and the trees metaphor, I think, with the Chiefs O-line. Like, these dudes aren't good. Like, these are Safeway workers that they had trying to block for Mahomes. Like, that's not good. You can't have dudes that yeah. usually work in the back at Safeway trying to block for the MVP and the best quarterback in the NFL in the Super Bowl. Like, that's not going to work against a team that have some experienced guys on the D-line, some linebackers that like to go and eat. So that just wasn't going to work. And we saw real quick, like, what can happen when you got four milkmen trying to block up front or five, I should say. My bad. I can't count. Yeah, I think we really did gloss over the fact that they lost their starting left tackle. Uh, then they moved Rimmers over from right tackle to left tackle, and that did not work out. Um, so I think we're just so accustomed to next man up when it came to Kansas City that we just thought it was just going to – it wouldn't matter. But Shaquille Barrett and Pierre Paul were like, you can't just have anybody blocking me because we're going to be in that backfield all day. And I feel really bad for Mahomes. That's my big thing is he – he he was trying. He looked like the only one that really had any heart to me, to be honest. I, I really wasn't impressed with, honestly, anybody on the Chiefs, really, other than Mahomes. I mean, he didn't have a great game. I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had heart, but they didn't give him the ball enough. I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire came to play, but he just couldn't really do – they didn't give him the ball enough. He couldn't do anything. I think that's fair. I think he, when he did get the ball, he looked good. I mean, honestly – it was almost the opposite of what we talked about because when we talked about on our preview was the fact that the Bucks will abandon the run really quickly. And what I saw was the Chiefs abandon the run pretty much right from Jump Street. And I understand that the Bucks have a really good run defense, but at the same time, they were so concerned about Tyreek Hill beating them that I feel like they there was an opportunity to try to get that run game going. So I, it's just... Mahomes was out there. It looked like he was trying to do it by himself. It, it clearly wasn't one of his best games, but he also didn't have the help that I that we're accustomed to seeing him have. So um, hats off to that Tampa Bay defense. They came. They brought it all night long. Uh, Devin White is a monster. He 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 might be the best linebacker in the league right now. I'm trying not to let recency he's bias. He's climbing up the list. 
very quick. Yeah. I'm trying not to just, you know, because it's, it's just happened and just anoint him the king, but uh, Luke Keekly retired. I don't think there's a guy better than Devin White right now. I think he Luke Keekly had it for so long, but he's not there anymore. There's that void, and I think Devin White just crowned himself because that, that dude was all over the place. Yeah, he was. The defense was – they were on their game tonight. They had their game plan, and they stuck to it, and – that I really think that O line just being so bad and just giving Mahomes no time to really ever look at anybody that it really hurt them in the long run and he just he couldn't get anybody and nobody was getting open and it just wasn't working for them so they had to abandon and they had and I think in the first series Andy Reid should have saw that they could have they could have ran the ball and I don't know why he didn't see that because they were basically dropping everybody and baiting them to run. They were like, hey, we'll give you this. We'll get, We'll keep giving you this. It was basically them saying, we'll give you a check down throw every time. But the Chiefs weren't taking it, and you got to take that, you know, you can't turn down a profit. They was turning down profits, basically, and you can't do that. Yeah, I would have thought by halftime they would have made that adjustment. All they really needed to do was sneak Edwards Hilaire out of the backfield, just right up three yards. They could take that dink and dunk, and that was the only way you're going to soften, soften them up. I mean, if you look at the linebackers, the linebackers were, were occupied with Kelsey all night. So if you sneak in a running back out of the backfield or maybe run a little a little short drag with Hardman or walk-ins or whoever, I really thought that that's an adjustment that Andy Reid would have made. It, didn't, it looked like they kind of they got here doing one thing, and they decided that they were just going to be able to keep doing the same thing and it it, it it they needed to make adjustments that they just didn't seem like they were willing to make yeah i i agree he the adjustments were right there and i think that kind of comes back to andy reed's old forte or what people kind of put on him where he wouldn't run the ball at times where he should have ran the ball and i think tonight was one of those nights where he he should have did what Bill Belichick used to do with Brady, which is like, hey, tonight we're running this thing like 30, 40 times. Like, if this is what they're going to give us, then we're going to take it all night. And then when we can take a shot, we'll take a shot. But they kept wanting to do what they do. And I get it. They, they're they the Chiefs, and they think that they can throw on anyone, and they can throw any time. And it just didn't happen tonight. And – that happens, and it just happened to happen at the worst time. Yeah. Uh, how much do you think those penalties in the first half were were a part of this? Because personally, there was a lot of questionable calls, a lot of third down plays that ended up being a first down. I think there was a holding call. Um, two of them happened on, on Mike Evans. One of them negated an interception that I thought could have been a really big play. Uh, at the time, I felt like it was a really big deal. But after watching the whole game, I'm not really sure. I do know that in the first half, there was a record for the amount of penalties that led to a first down. And that happened in the first half. And that was the record for an entire Super Bowl. So it was definitely a lot of them. But do you think that if some of those calls go a different way, that we might have a different outcome? It's hard to say because of the final score, but... A lot of those flags kept a lot of drives alive, and a lot of them were going to be field goals that became touchdowns. What, two maybe? 
that were going to be field goals that became touchdowns? I think it was two of them, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's uh, that's points right there. And then that's holes that they think they had that they didn't have all of a sudden. So that's just not – that's not winning football. You can't – you know, you get a you, – you stop teams, you don't give them more downs. That's just never going to win you games unless you score a trillion points, which they would have had to score tonight to win the game, and they didn't do that. Yeah, they were a little bit short of a trillion. I don't, they didn't get the double digits, so – it was a lot of firsts on this. I think they said it was the first time Mahomes had ever lost by double digits. The first game he ever started where he didn't, the team didn't score a touchdown. Um, we asked a question when we were talking about this if we thought that Mahomes was going to have his worst game in the Super Bowl, and honestly, that's what happened. I don't think it was. In, I don't think it was his fault. But ultimately, it's at the end of the day, if you look at the box score, it's one of his worst games he's had as a pro, and. Unfortunately, that happened during the Super Bowl. So I'm not really worried about the Chiefs. I think they'll bounce back. They'll be here again. So it's just, but I mean, Tom I Brady was seven. They, seven. I do think the Chiefs, they need to go get some dogs at linebacker. I was looking today. They ain't got no dogs at linebacker. They don't. Uh, I mean, I don't know another way to put it. They really don't. I, I like Hitchens, but he's a... He's a run stuffer. They don't have any real linebackers that I think are great against the pass. Um, that's why I think you see Sorensen a lot in the box because he's he's he can hold up in the run game, but he's also pretty – he's a solid player. So I think they use him kind of like as that hybrid linebacker. But with your more traditional linebackers, they don't really have that guy that's really going to – I mean, that, that was probably the biggest disparity is the position groups is Tampa Bay's linebackers versus – um, the Chiefs linebackers. That's probably the widest talent gap that there was on the field today. And it, it, it was a really big impact because Levante David and Devin White were everywhere. And I can't even tell you who else was playing linebacker for the Chiefs because I didn't see him all day. Yeah, it, they were non-existent. And that's what stood out to me was the linebacker play and, of course, the O-line play, which hopefully they'll get better next year if they can get some people back and add some pieces via free agency or draft or whatever they got to do to sure that up but you know like you said not worried about the chiefs not obviously not worried about the bucks now they're the champs they'll pretty much have everybody back i'm guessing yeah so with brady at seven does that i know we've had this conversation before does that change how you look at him now that he did it in a in a different jersey he's got seven now does that change your feelings on brady at all so, no, it's going to be the answer for me because to me, it's the same formula, just different jersey. And what I mean by that is he still got Gronk, which is same person, different jersey. And he had a good defense or at least a great defense tonight. So same formula, different jersey. So he was already the GOAT in a lot of people's eyes and the best quarterback in a lot of people's eyes of all time. So where does it go? I guess it just stays the same or goes up a little bit higher in most people's eyes. In my eyes, I just see Tom Brady again winning another ring with a great team around him and a great defense that showed up against one of the most potent offenses in the league with numbers and just what they've done over the last two years or three years since Mahomes has started and the guys they have on that side with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, they shut those guys down tonight. I mean, 
Kelsey got some numbers in the end, and Tyreek Hill did okay, but they shut down everybody else. Watkins didn't do anything. Uh, Robinson didn't do anything. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire didn't have anything going except for a little bit on the ground, but nothing through the air. He just He didn't have enough time, and that defense was the main reason for Tom Brady getting that ring tonight, if we're going to be honest with ourselves. He had three touchdowns, but he only threw for 190. He didn't hit Mike Evans on anything. Godwin didn't do much. Antonio Brown got a touchdown, but I didn't see the yards on him. It wasn't anything to write home about. So it was a strong defensive performance to help Tom Brady get his seventh ring and keep him cemented, you know, top quarterback probably for a while with the ring count and the stats to go with it and his celebrity as a QB and everybody loving him in New England, New England area in Tampa Bay now, I guess. So he got yeah, two I states mean, on lock. For me, it's it's the same thing it's always been. I mean, I've I've said pretty consistently that he is the most accomplished quarterback that's that there's ever been. So if you had to pick a career, you're always going to pick Tom Brady's career if you're gonna look at like what you want your career to be. So I don't think any of that changes. Um, if you had him as the best of all time, you still do. If you And if you're like me and you think there's better talents at the quarterback position as far as who has played the position better, I don't think today is going to – it's not changing my mind. Um, doesn't make him not great. Doesn't make him, obviously, like I said, the most accomplished player in the history of the National Football League. I just think accomplished and best aren't necessarily the same thing. So I think we're on the same page there. I know I'm going to get called a hater, but, I mean, it is what it is. So I just hats off to Tom Brady. I mean, nah, I don't no think hater. he cares That's what I got talk. to say. Sometimes, he got, you, sometimes people don't. Nah, nah. Sometimes people don't want to hear the real talk, and that's his real talk. Nobody's hating. It's just facts. Like, you look at Super Bowls. You look at the teams he's had. He's had some good teams. Let's stop acting like he's played with scrubs all the time. Like, let's stop with that. You're right on the money with me. All right, so let's transition from one great player to a couple other great players. Uh, The NFL decided to give out a little hardware over the weekend. Uh, They gave out the Defensive Player of the Year and the MVP awards. Uh, Aaron Donald took home the Defensive Player of the Year over T.J. Watt. And Aaron Rodgers won the MVP over Pat Mahomes. So my question to you, Nick, is did they get it right? They did. They did. I can't argue with either. Both guys, uh, Donald and Rodgers, deserved it. Donald's the best defensive player in the league. Like, he just is. Like, any level you want to go, corner, linebacker, safety, whatever, he's the best in my eyes. He's he's very dominant. I think there's an argument defense. to be made that he's the best, he's the best player in the league. But I'll take that. I'm fine with that. Now, you won't get an argument out of me. I'm I'm a Donald. I'm a fan all the way. Yeah, I think when you look at Aaron Donald, you have the best player on the best defense. He had 13 and a half sacks as a defensive tackle, which is an outrageous number. He takes double teams and triple teams every game, and he still finds a way to get his numbers. He impacts the game every every time he's out there. Every play he's out there 
we're looking at him. I mean, we watched the game against the Seahawks where some of those other defensive tackles for the Rams got off to people that you ain't even heard of. And you watch the replay and you watch Aaron Donald take on two or three. And then that guy gets to go on a one-on-one and he gets to wrestle. So even when he's not making numbers, he's also, he's part of the reason why these things are happening. Uh, I get TJ Watt. TJ Watt had a hell of a year. I don't want to take anything from him, but it's just, it, it can't be, stats can't be everything. First of all. Second of all, Having two more sacks than the guy playing Watt's DT. Watt's good, but he has somebody. He had Dupree on the other side of him most of the year, also, who was nasty. Yeah, and the argument that they'll make is that Dupree got hurt. But at the end of the day, if you're an edge rusher, you're supposed to have more sacks than the defensive tackle. So having two more isn't really something that's going to make me think that that's some large disparity. Like the the stat generating position is defensive end, not defensive tackle. So you can miss me with looking at the stats. They play different positions. They have different roles. That's not how this works. So I think he Aaron had Donald, that Watt last name and thought he was just going to get that trophy. He was like, "So I don't get the trophy if my last name is Watt." That's not how this works. Yeah, better luck next he year. The thing is, is, I think he's going. Aaron Donald's going to be there for a while, so I'm not sure he's going to get one. I mean, he might get one, but I think one, I, one thing that we have noticed is that voters get tired of voting for the same person every year. So next year, TJ's got a great chance because I doubt they're going to try to give it to Aaron Donald again. So TJ, just do it again and, and you'll, get your, you'll get your defensive player of the year. Um, with the MVP, it's got to be Aaron Rodgers, really. I, for the longest time, I felt like they were just trying not to give it to Mahomes. At first, we were talking about Russell Wilson, then he fell off. And then Russell Wilson fell off. We talked about Rodgers, but Rodgers earned it this year. I think this was, I think he took it from Mahomes because Mahomes was the guy that everybody thought was going to get it going into the season. And he was the leader probably about halfway through. But Rodgers in the second half of the season went on another level. And it's hard to argue with a guy that threw for 4,300 yards. 48 touchdowns and five interceptions. Like, if that's the guy you're going to get the MVP, you ain't going to get any arguments out of me because that's, that's a hell of a year. So I think, I think Aaron is the – I think he's the MVP and he's the defensive player of the year. It's the year of the A.A. Ron. So Aaron and Aaron. I think they got it right. Aaron and Aaron. Well. Absolutely. Yeah, they got it right. Some other people that got some uh, hardware was the Hall of Fame class was, was announced, um, headlined by Peyton Manning. We have Calvin Johnson in there. Charles Woodson got in there. Uh, so a lot of deserving people. I don't think there's any real dispute. Drew Pearson finally got in. Uh, my question to you is, do you think anybody, do you think there was any snubs or anybody who should have got in that didn't get in? Well, we talked earlier, I'll give a little people inside off podcast about Zach Thomas and if he was Hall of Fame worthy or not. And, I like his numbers, and I think he was a good player for a good defense that I remember mostly because of him and Jason Taylor. Like, I didn't live in that Dolphins area, not even close, and I saw people rocking Zach Thomas jerseys, and that's really weird for a linebacker for the Dolphins when the team isn't that good. So, obviously, he was good enough for people to rock his jersey. In Texas, he was pretty good in the league. That's just me, but... Other people, I guess, don't see it that way, or maybe it's just not his time yet, a little bit too crowded of a class. 
I'm not quite sure how the voting goes down if they get to that point where it becomes too many people or if it's just you the percent you get enough votes you're in you're in it doesn't matter how many people type deal yeah i i gotta think that he's gonna make it in eventually uh we pulled up the side by side between him and brian urlacher uh, they're very comparable players i think brian urlacher has a pretty big advantage in sacks but zach thomas has more tackles he has more forced fumbles um they have the same amount of touchdowns which i'm not sure that really matters for a linebacker but uh their interceptions are comparable I think the big thing is that playing middle linebacker for the Chicago Bears is just different. I think that's a really headline position that's kind of because then you have the lineage with Dick Buckus, which, I mean, you got to be a tough guy. That's your name. But uh, Mike Singletary. Um, so you have that kind of lineage. So him being the next in the long line, I think he got a little more, a little more fame. They had, a little, they had more team success for sure. Um, they be they went to that Super, Super Bowl, Bowl with wars. Rex Grossman. Yeah, with the worst starting quarterback in a Super Bowl history. Like there can't be a worse quarterback to ever start in the, in the Super Bowl. Come on, like, man. It's got to be Rex. Don't Grossman. stop with this, man. You know I'm gonna stand up for my boy Rex, dog. Come on with this. Stop. Don't don't put Rex in Dilfer category. Rex was nicer than Dilfer. Rex was not. Rex who was nicer than Dilfer? <laughs> Rex Grossman. You know who I'm talking about. Rex Grossman is not better than Dilfer Dimes. You got him better than Dilfer Dimes. I don't know. We're going to pull up these numbers in a minute. I know that. They both had a great defense, went to the Super Bowl. Which one of them got it done? Which one? Okay. Who did Dilfer have to play? Who was he playing? One of them, sorry. uh, No, wait. He was Raven. Who was he playing on the other side? I can't remember right now. Was that Brad? Giants? The Giants. So that was Kerry Collins. Come on, man. And he had that defense versus Kerry Collins. Come on. It, Rex had to go against Peyton in the rain. I mean, but didn't Devin Hester give him a, a six right off the bat? Didn't they run one back? I, I think that was. I think that was in the third quarter. I think it was over by the time Devin decided he wanted to show up. I'm just saying, like Devin was like, "Here, I'll get one for you. I'll spot you. I, I got six for you." Just give me something else. Nah, man. We giving Dilfer credit for having an all-time defense and playing against Kerry Collins. I'm not with this. I'm not giving him credit. I'm saying Rex is worse. That's that's my only thing that I'm saying. I'm not sitting there saying Dilfer is great. I just said Rex was worse. I, I don't understand how we I, argue and Rex Grossman. Right, like, I'll dude, save my Rex Grossman. I'll save my Rex Grossman. <laughs> I mean, Dilfer, for another day. the reason why Rex Grossman had, what, three years as a starter? Yeah, they... They benched him for Kyle Orton. I'm pretty sure Kyle Orton replaced Rex Grossman. That 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 can't yeah. that can't bode well for for how you get you. I've seen people get replaced by worse. It happens. All right, I think we, uh, yeah, we're going to leave that one where it's at. Well, um, what about Tory Holt? Do you think Tory Holt should, has an argument to get in? I don't. I have to look at the numbers again, but he comes to when. I think a Hall of Famers, I think a dude who stood out, stood out to me in my mind and then have the numbers to back it out, back it up. And Torrey Holt is one of those guys when he comes to me. The greatest show on turf, his name comes up. I'm not missing his name on that list. Yes, you're going to go Kurt Warner. You're going to go Marshall Falk. But then it goes right to the receivers, and he's the one I think of, to me, in my head, is Torrey yeah, Holt. Yeah, him and Isaac Bruce. And Isaac Bruce. But Torrey Holt was nice with it, and I don't know why we're not giving him his flowers, but I don't know if there's an agenda. 
He had like seven or eight straight years with a thousand yards receiving. Like I don't think I mean that's consistency. I mean, and this was early before we're doing it now when guys were we're slinging it a lot more. Yeah, he, this isn't now where dudes can do it a lot easier. Yeah, he has his Super Bowl ring, so you know that everybody's a ring counter. He's got one of those. Uh, he was consistently good. I don't see why he can't get in. I mean, I think he's probably going to have to go the Drew Pearson route where he waits a while before he gets to have his turn. But I think eventually he'll get in. He didn't get in this year. I'm not super upset about it, but I do think at some point we got to let Tory in because he was, he was a bad man, we, and people need to know about Tory. All right, so let's shift gears a little. Yeah, let's shift gears a little bit. Um, so over the weekend, there's also been some chatter about some quarterbacks um, on the move, uh, potentially being on the move, or one apparently staying put. Um, we've had some rumors about Carson Wentz being traded. Uh, Sam Darnold has some interest, which I'm gonna need you to walk me through some Sam Darnold interest because I don't understand that. Um, and then the. Texans telling everybody that they are not trading Deshaun Watson. So, do you think any of the three get moved? One, two. What what what, what do you think happens? I do think all three eventually get moved. I think Watson gets moved because he's de- if he's determined and he's standing his ground, then you're the Texans. You have to move him. You can't just hold on to him and just let him sit there. I mean, I guess you can, and maybe he eventually walks away, or he. I think it's the Carson Palmer situation again. I think this is a bad organization that doesn't know really what it's doing, and its quarterback has said, I'm out. And when that happens, then it happens, and you got to eventually deal with that. And that one took a while, but he eventually ended up in Oakland, and that trade went off for him. So I do think Watson eventually gets moved, even though the Texans keep saying that they're not trading him, they're not trading him. I don't believe that for a second. I just don't think they've heard a good offer quite yet, honestly where do you think he goes or where do you think he should go? If if you're running an organization, what team, if you ran that organization, you'd be jumping and I give the Texans whatever they want. So you got to, if you're going to give the Texans whatever they want, then to me, you got to be close. Cause if you're not close, then it's not worth giving everything that you have. Cause I seen him with the Texans a few years ago and they had some decent pieces and, it wasn't enough. So he is a great quarterback, but you do need some weapons. You do need a good defense. And I like I like the Bears if they can keep Allen Robinson. That's to me is the best fit. I think him and Nagy could do some things rolling out of the pocket. If he could have Allen Robinson, I like a couple of their other receivers, Mooney. I like uh the running back they have up there also. So I do like the Bears, if they could get Watson and give up picks because they messed up once. If they can correct this, you know, make turn your wrongs in the rights, I think all could be forgiven in Chicago if they could get this one right this time. Yeah, I think I think the Bears is probably the best fit. I mean, that defense is, is good enough to win. Uh, they have weapons. Um, Jimmy Graham's going to randomly pop up for at least five touchdowns. It's just what he does. He'll just jump up in the air and spike it, but can't catch anywhere else on the field. Um, I like Montgomery. Um, Tariq Cohen, once he's healthy, is a good little weapon out of the backfield. So I think that team can definitely be a quarterback away. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, 
Honestly, I think the Rams should have made that move. I think the Rams were the team that I wanted to see him go because he has a real creative uh, offensive mind in Sean McVay. Uh, they have some receivers that are there, but and they obviously had the number one defense in the league, but uh, they went all in for Matt Stafford, and so we'll we'll see if that's uh, – I got some opinions yeah. about that. I don't understand. I, so apparently the feeling around the league on Matt Stafford is just – higher than my stance on him now is matt stafford an upgrade over jared goff absolutely but is he gonna get you that ring like i mean ultimately when you make that trade that you made that's kind of a ring or bust type of trade and you got what a three-year window with him max yeah so yeah i don't know about that and i'm not i'm not a jared goff you know hater or fan or whatever i'm I'm whatever on him. He's okay quarterback. But have some people tell it, those wide receivers a lot of time don't get as open as a lot of people think they do with Woods. And yeah, Trump. I don't I, – I mean, when I, when I watch the Rams, I don't think the issue is golf. I think the issue is they have two good receivers, but they're both small and they're not particularly explosive. So you have to – sustain a drive every time there's not going to be that 70 yard touchdown really because they don't have explosive players in that way but then when you get in the red zone you also don't have red zone targets because they're both smaller receivers so it gets really difficult for them to consistently put up touchdowns because they don't have the explosive play and they also don't have the red zone targets really Higby's probably their best red zone target so, I mean, yeah, I think Matt Stafford helps because I think Stafford is a better quarterback, but I don't think he fixes the real issue with that offense. That offense has to be, has to sustain drives every time to score, and they have to do that three, four, or five times and end in a touchdown. And I just don't, I think they're missing that piece. I think, in, I think they need a, so either a big play. would have made that if you're thinking basically if they would have made that play for Watson, then him getting open, creating time would help those receivers basically kind of get away from people more and would help that offense out more than Stafford in the pocket, uh, still a pocket QB with a stronger arm, basically waiting for those guys to get open still. Absolutely. And And then when you're in the red zone, you have to account for the, for the run threat if you have Watson. So, okay. You don't necessarily have that red zone receiver, but he can move around, possibly run one in, or then now a scramble drill, so then people aren't where they need to be, extend the play. Uh, I mean, I just don't see Stafford doing that. So you already have limitations in the red zone. Having that quarterback that can overcome those limitations by using his legs, I think would have been a very important move. But as it is, I mean, obviously Stafford, it sounds like he carries some clout around the league. So it's possible that they're able to get a free agent. in my mind, the perfect fit for that team is A.J. Green. Um, he wasn't really used that much with the Bengals, but he's a big he's a big receiver. He's proven to be a big play guy as well, so I think he could solve a couple of things for them. So that's to me, would be the bigger move. If they went and got, grabbed somebody like A.J. Green, I think that's more of the solve than, than getting Stafford. But, I mean, anytime you can upgrade at the quarterback position, I guess you, you have to go ahead and do that. So I don't necessarily blame them. I just think they got the wrong guy. 
right. so there's um, been a lot of love for Aaron for not Aaron excuse me for um, Sam Darnold lately I think I've heard you on that same train as far as this guy Sam Darnold so walk me through why everybody all of a sudden thinks that Sam Darnold's that dude and why there's interest around the league for Sam Darnold tell, tell, convince me because I am not convinced so I think it's a two-tier thing. I, or at least with me, it is. One of it is Adam Gase. Adam Gase to me is the worst head coach. He gets the most credit for developing Peyton Manning. Is that what we're going to call it? What are we calling this? Working with Peyton Manning? Like, wh- what are we going to call this with him and Peyton Manning? That he seems to put on every resume that gets him hired every time. Because I'm confused by it. So you let me know what we're calling it. If you're looking for me to say something positive about Adam Gase, then uh, you're going to have to keep looking because I ain't got nothing to say. Okay. So then we can move on. So that's the one part. The one part is Adam Gase. I'm not taking anything away from Sam Darnold for having to work with that dude for however many years he had to work with that dude. So I like Sam Darnold. I think he's a very good QB who could be better if he had better weapons, better better everything, really. Like, we're going to... Down, it's the Jets. This is the equivalent, the basketball equivalent of playing for the Kings. I'm it's hard. This isn't the Rex Ryan Jets, these aren't the teams that had good talent that was, you know, decently coached by Rex Ryan that had their ish halfway together. This isn't those Jets. So, so I see a QB who's let down by everything around him who does have talent, who with a decent OC, a decent coach, and just decent weapons around him, I think can be very good. Let me ask you this. When have we ever done this before? When have we ever had a quarterback fail every step of the way, which, regardless if it's his fault or not, I think we can agree that the Jets have been bad under his watch or under him, under his, well, when he's been under the helm. So he has consistently failed, and then we just give him a pass. Has this ever happened? Has there ever been another quarterback that we were just like, nah, it's not his fault. It's it's everybody else's. Like, it's just unprecedented to me. Like, when did we start doing this and giving people passes at the quarterback position? We talk about how important the quarterback position is and how the quarterback makes the world go around. And here we have a quarterback that couldn't make the world go around. And now we're just blaming everything around him. Since when did we start doing that? I think we started doing that when we saw Adam Gase. At least that's what I'm doing. I haven't done that before. I usually would be all over Sam Darnold. But I've seen Adam Gase's work. When you saw Tannehill with Gase and then you saw Tannehill leave and become the guy he was, that right there let me know all I need to know about Adam Gase's work is he couldn't do anything. He he gets We keep giving him credit for working with – Peyton Manning in year 16 or whatever. Like, why did we, why are we doing this? We gave him the keys to a young quarterback when he doesn't know what he's doing with quarterbacks. Obviously. Because he worked with Peyton Manning. Like, this is what we're doing. Adam Gates walks around and acts like he's the smartest dude in the room. And he's just not good. Like, he has that, you'll hear this term from me a lot. He has that irrational confidence. That just blows me away. Like he acts, he'd be on the press conference and he acts like everybody he's talking to is so dumb and that he's this genius. And I'm like, you've never put this on the field. Like, where, where do you have all this confidence from? 
I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. But I, I could talk forever about Adam Gates. So let's get back to Darnold. So you think when you watch Darnold, have you never as, seen a flash? Have you never seen I mean, a flash? Seen like, a flash. Okay, yeah, I seen. Okay, so I've seen but, some flashes. Don't get me wrong. It, I think there's some talent there, but is there? Okay, let's ask the Jets so we can trade for him talent. Like, have I seen enough to where I'm as a different team trying to hedge my whole career? Like, I mean, if you're a GM right now and you trade for Sam Darnold, like you're risking your job for that. Like that that's that's a that's a fireable offense if that don't work out. Like that's I mean, depends what you're straight tra- up. I mean, depends how much you're giving away. It's a, how much are the Jets asking for him? If they're asking for like some first. Then I'm not doing that. But if they're at, if I can get away with giving away a decent pick in a third round or somewhere, I'm I'm not giving a first round or second. A third round pick for a QB, hell yeah, I'll take that every time. Because I mean, a third round, you're usually not going to get a starting caliber QB anyway. So why not give that away? That's all day. And third in the third round, you can get a Sam Darnold caliber QB. I know that. <laughs> uh. <laughs> you all right, so. let's, let's move on. You ain't you, you you were supposed to sell me, and I'm glad you're not in sales because I ain't buying. All right, well, um, you, know, you won't be sold, but when you know this goes off, just like the never mind, you know, you keep you go on. All right, all right. I'm gonna be hey. right about two things in the next couple of years: Sam Darnold and Trevor Lawrence. Bank on it. Hey, I told you we gonna we gonna have that segment one day that I was wrong segment, and one of us is gonna have to talk about Sam Darnold. How about that? One of us is gonna have to have all that right. conversation. So. I, I think it's gonna be you, but if it's me, I, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll be right here saying that I'm sorry. I'll apologize to Sam, his family, his kids. I don't know if he got any kids. I'll apologize to all of them. So, Everybody. last quarterback we want to get to is another guy who I guess we as a as a collective haven't got given given up on, and that's Carson Wentz. So I'll start with Carson Wentz because for whatever reason, I have a soft spot for Carson Wentz. Like I still think. He can be very good. I don't have a good reason why I think that because he's put things on tape that just aren't good. I think this is probably my Sam Darnold for you because I see a lot of talent. I've seen him do it, but he just doesn't always put it together. I'm riding with him. I'm I'm rolling the dice with my man Carson Wentz. Uh, It's been rumored that the Bears are looking at him. And also the Colts. What do you? Which one do you think is a better fit? So I'm not usually a reset guy. Where people go, oh, this player needs a reset. I think Carson Wentz needs a reset. I think he needs a new place, and he needs a restart. And I think it's with the Colts. He was most comfortable with Frank Wright. That's who he was comfortable with in Philly. In Philly, he went away to Colts to be the head coach. And that's when his downfall started, pretty much. And he got uncomfortable, and he was never on the same page with Peterson, what it sounds like. So then if you go back to the guy you feel most comfortable with, you should put you should put it back together, start making better decisions about throws you're making, the routes that your guys are running, the offense you're running, and he should get back to old Carson Wentz in my eyes. I, I agree with you. There's a lot of talent there, I think. He needs to get back to running more and getting outside the pocket and making throws on the run because that's what he does best. He's an athlete. He needs to start acting like it and stop sitting in the pocket like he's Peyton Manning and he can't go anywhere. You're not 
a sitting duck. You can get out and move. You can help your team do that. Just You don't have to get 15 yards, get seven, get eight, slide, get down. Don't get hurt. You get hurt a lot. Be there for your team. And he can get back to being the guy who was, you know, MVP of the league halfway through the season before he tore his knee up. Do you think, let me ask you this. Do you think if he goes to the Colts, do you think that makes them the best team in that division? Better than the Titans? Because they were the same it, record this year, I believe. I mean, probably. He he can make some of those throws downfield that Phillip Rivers couldn't make. So he he'll make them better on offense, that's for sure. He'll they'll be able to do more things than they could the year before with Phillip Rivers. Obviously, a more mobile QB, a stronger arm. So, yeah, I don't see why you can't be better than the Titans. Yeah, I think the Titans aren't world beaters. I think if if the Titans get some things figured out on that defense, then they're going to be a real tough out. But as of right now, Wentz to the Colts, I think that swings swings momentum to the Colts. So I think I agree there. For some reason, I, th- I still think Wentz got it. I, again, I I don't have a I good agree. reason. I usually, you know me, I'm usually a guy no, who you're... has a point, and I give you all kinds of reasons for that point. It's a hunch for me. It's there. It's just it's I... there. But it's there. We saw it. You you can't unsee things when you see it. We saw it for yeah. half a year, so it's like it's there. Yeah, it exists, but it didn't exist last year. That's for sure. So. Let's transition a bit. So we talked about some guys that could potentially get traded. Uh, let's talk about in the NBA. There was a very random trade that happened. Um, Derek Rose reunites with Tom Thibodeau in New York um, for Dennis Smith Jr., who's had uh, I don't know what to call his career. It, it was a uh, it was a promising what. 30 games or so <laughs> and yeah. it was downhill from there quarter of a season but, uh, let's, talk, like that. let's talk a little bit about the rose you think this trade matters because my first thought is no it doesn't matter but l- l- let's hear what nick thinks i'm gonna say no i think he's just taking away minutes from well actually no maybe he's taking away alfred payton's minutes hopefully is what i'm thinking because you want quickly you want rivers probably get minutes so I'm guessing he's going to take Peyton's minutes, and he there. I haven't looked at his stats, what he's shooting, what he's doing, but he seemed like he was playing well off the Pistons bench. I don't know how many guards they have over there anymore because they seem to have all power forwards, and so who's playing point guard now that Derrick Rose is gone? But I just think Tibbs maybe wants somebody he can trust and he can play and. He hasn't run his knees into the ground all the way yet, so I guess he's gonna finish the job off. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think this trade makes much sense to me. Uh, like you mentioned, Austin Rivers is it's the same role, um, so I think Derrick Rose is a better player than Austin Rivers. So I think I guess in some ways you have an upgrade, but I don't know if backup point guard is really where the Knicks need the biggest upgrade. Um they're not they're not great shooters. So I don't know why getting another guard who can't shoot helps. I just you you can't take minutes away from quickly. I actually like Peyton's fit because you don't he does not really ball dominant. He he gets after it on the defensive end. So I think he brings something different. So Really, I think you say you think Peyton's minutes are gone. I think 
Austin Rivers minutes are the ones that would be gone. But even then, like Austin Rivers is a serviceable player, so I don't, I, I don't know why. Other, I guess Thibodeau just missed hanging out with Derrick Rose. I guess so they just maybe. you know maybe brought him back like so that he can like around. good friends. Yeah, maybe he just thinks he's a real cool guy. I don't know, but I for the, really I think the biggest impact this trade could have is maybe Dennis Smith Jr. can have a chance to have that reset that we were talking about with Carson Wentz. Um, like you said, there's minutes to be had at guard for for Detroit. I think it's DeLon Wright. Uh, the kid Killian Hayes is going to be out for a while because he got hurt. Oh. So there's all kinds of minutes to be had at guard. So, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to be watching, so the pressure should be off. Ain't nobody watching Detroit basketball anymore. I don't even know if they say that anymore. You know, the Detroit basketball. I don't know if they do that anymore. They ain't on TV no more. So I think he was, it's like it's an opportunity for him to get some minutes. The pressure's off. Y'all ain't winning. Don't worry about it. So just go play, and maybe he can resurrect his career. I think there's a better chance that that's what comes out of this trade than anything significant that D. Rose is going to do in New York. Yeah, I was um, surprised the Knicks made the trade for D. Rose. I was surprised he didn't go somewhere else. There was a couple other teams I heard were kind of making plays for him kind of out west. I think I heard the Clippers maybe. Just some playoff teams that were randomly looking for, you know, a boost around this Time is when you start hearing a lot of names getting thrown here, thrown there. And I heard his name in some places, so it's just weird hearing him pop up back with the Knicks. But the Knicks are in the playoffs right as of right now, so, you know, he can't help. Yeah, I don't know. I was going to say to sell tickets, but can't nobody even be in the stands, so I don't, I don't know what this does. So I just we'll see. I guess we'll just, we'll just watch him, him and Tibbs reunited. Feel so good. Okay, so st- sticking on the NBA tip, um, we've got about, I'll say, a third of the way through the season, roughly, quarter, third, somewhere around there. Um, we've had some things that we didn't expect happen, so um, give me your biggest surprise and your biggest disappointment. Let's start at the team level. Team level? I'm going to go with the Mavericks. That record right now not very good and i everybody had luke on their mvp watch list probably winning it really all i heard before the season started was luke mvp talk and that start that they've gotten out to isn't very good they don't play defense he doesn't play defense he doesn't he's not shooting well from three right now the game against golden state he hit i think maybe six or seven or whatever he he was on it for that night but his percentage has been pretty poor around the 30, maybe it's in the 20s. It might have creeped up into the 30% range, but it was low yeah, last was, time I checked. It, it was at 29 last time I saw it. And what's interesting about Luka is that's about right for him. He's played in the league three years now, and he's never shot better than 31%. So I, I've, I've made the comparison. I think he's slow-mo Russ, really. like That's just who he is. The jumper looks good, so I think we just assume that he's a better shooter than that. But, I mean, you are what you, what, what, what you put on tape. And what you put on tape is 31% for the last three years. So, I don't know that he's really having a bad shooting year as much as it's just that's how good of a shooter he is from three anyway. So, yeah, as far as you said the Mavs, so you also kind of went on a look a little bit. Is he your most disappointing player as well? He would be on the list for that too right now. 
he we just harped on it the shooting percentage and we have nobody's really mentioned it that that's pretty much what he shoots but it is what he shoots but 29 percent when you shoot about six to seven threes a game isn't good like you probably got to calm that down a little bit when you're shooting 29 percent i like to jump on Giannis, but i don't think Giannis takes that many threes either so I got if I'm gonna harp on somebody like Giannis, I gotta harp on somebody like Doncic, who has the ball a lot more out around that perimeter and likes to take a lot of James Harden step back three pointers. Yeah, he swear he hit that, but I, and I thought he did too. I ain't gonna lie to you. Before I looked at the numbers, I thought that was a good shot, but looking at it now, he needs to stop doing that because it ain't it ain't going on in a good enough clip. So, uh, who's your surprise team? That's a, I guess a good surprise. Like who? Who's better than you thought they were? It's the Jamal special. It would be the Utah Jazz. I did (laughs) not see the Utah Jazz at this point of the year being the top team in the Western Conference. I know you didn't because you are not a Rudy Gobert fan. So I know you didn't see that coming. Okay, so... Here's the thing with the Jazz. You're right. you're absolutely right. I didn't see them being number one, or around number one. Are they actually the number one seed right now? I know the Lakers. I think they are. I think they are. Recently. Yeah, I think they are yeah. number one right now. Good for them. Kudos to them. So they they're having a really good season. I really like Donovan Mitchell. I'm not going down the Shack Road. I think he can be that guy. Conley's a great point guard. Well, great's probably a little strong. We'll call him a very good point guard. Um, Gobert, I don't love Gobert. He is what he is. He's a great defensive center. I don't think he's the best defensive center. Again, we'll talk about that another time. But he's a very good center in this league. Like he 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 does. He knows who he is. He does his job very good, very well. Excuse me. My English teacher would be really upset with that. Um, but they just don't have the wings, really. Like, Bodanovich, yeah, he's good. But you can't sit here and tell me that a team with the wings of Bogdanovich, Joe Ingles, and Royce O'Neal are going to do anything in the playoffs. Right? Like, you can't convince me of that. I got to see that one for myself. Because that's, I mean, that's how you, they're, they're not really guarding anybody. Like, no one's like, Oh no, Bogdanovich is guarding me today. I I I might not hit my hit my numbers. Like no one's worried about that. No one's worried about Joe Ingles guarding you. He might he might get a little chippy with you, but that don't mean he's gonna stop this jumper. Like they they don't have that wing defender. I mean Royce O'Neal's a pretty solid defender, but really that's it. That's the only person they can really throw at you. So they're not gonna put Donovan Mitchell away on you all from day. Scaring you? Are they a trade away from scaring you? I mean, they they could be. I think if they went all in on somebody and 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 got a got a really good piece, I think if they get a wing, I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head that I think is doable. If they got a wing with some substance, I don't, I don't, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but some sort of trade somewhere between. Yeah, if they get a wing that I that I respect, that I like, that can can put some fear in you, then yeah, okay, we'll revisit this. But as the roster's constructed, Utah's one of those teams that play hard every game. And there's some teams like that, Indiana being another one. And, 
when you play hard all the time at every game throughout the regular season, you're going to have a record that's better than your talent because that's just part of playing hard. Then when the playoffs start and everybody decides to play hard, then suddenly that talent disparity becomes a problem. So I could see them going into the playoffs as a one or a two seed, but does that mean that if they see the Clippers or the Lakers, I think they're going to win? No, they don't have the talent in that scenario. They don't have... Like, are, are we putting Bogdanovich on Kawhi Leonard? Like, okay, they play the Clippers. Who's guarding Paul George? Who's guarding Kawhi Leonard? Okay, you can't answer that. Have Done. the Eagles tell it, he'll lock down PG. Okay. Um, he's the only one telling that story. Maybe Joe Ingles and his mama. I think those are the only <laughs> two that'll tell you that. But even still... So you're putting Royce O'Neal on Kawhi, and you're just living with that. You all right with that? You're 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 basically you're, you're basically telling O'Neal me they don't have a stopper, a wing stopper. Basically, is what you're telling me. Not only that, they also don't have a wing that I'm like really scared of scoring. Like Bogdanovich can give you thirty on any given night, but he ain't doing it every night. I'm not Joe Ingles. If you chase him off the line, I'm not really worried about anything else. Like okay, he can hit a three, but if I make him drive. He's when he drives, he's looking to pass. He's looking to find Gobert. He's not even looking to score when he drives. Like Clarkson's, their this is really their guy that they get the scoring from outside of outside of the two guards, the two starting guards. But I don't know. I mean, I just don't see it. And then with Rudy, your stopper, he gets like Jokic gives him the business every time they play. So if they got to see the the Nuggets. They got no answer for Jokic, even though they're supposed to have the best defensive center. So I just, I'm just not there. Are they a surprise to be number one? To go back to, I guess, the topic. Sure, that that is a surprise. But am I really thinking that it would be a They'd be my number one surprise team if they go ahead and knock off one of those teams I just named, a Denver or any of the LA teams. Then they'd be on my surprise list because that would be a real surprise. But a team that works harder than everybody else. Is going to have more wins in the regular season. It's it's probably worth five extra wins in the regular season just because you work harder. Sorry, you got me started on this Utah. You know I can talk about Utah forever. Yeah, I know. I, that's why I threw them out there as a surprise because I knew you wanted to talk about them even though you don't believe in them ever wherever they are in the standings of the West. I, I don't buy it. I ain't, I, I ain't buying it. But, so I guess for me, my biggest disappointment for let's go with the team i think i'm right there with you with the mavs i really thought they were gonna be serious threats in the west and when i watch them it confuses me how i could ever think that because okay Doncic is special i think what it really is is i thought porzingis was better than this i think he probably should be my most disappointing player, but he's not. I'll, I'll save that for just a second. But I just thought he was better. I mean, if you're going to be nicknamed the Unicorn, you got to be different. But he looks like Kelly Olenek to me. Like, if you really think about it, he's just a taller a Kelly, tall Olenek. Kelly Olenek. Like, yeah, he can block shots. I mean, really, like, he wants to sit out there and shoot threes all game. We were watching that game against Golden State, who are minus the center. Their tallest player on the on the court was Draymond Green, or I don't think Draymond Green is actually taller than Kelly Oubre. Let's call it Kelly Oubre. And 
Porzingis is seven foot three. I don't think he touched the paint all night. Like that doesn't that's not winning basketball. I get that we're have space, pace and space, and I get that that's the era of basketball that we're in. But if you got seven inches on the tallest man on their roster, you gotta get some paint touches. You gotta go in there and get easy buckets. But he's allergic to the paint. He don't want nothing to do with that. He's a guard trapped in a in a big man's body. And it doesn't move the meter. They only have one real three-point shooter on that team, and that's Tim Hardaway Jr. They got a bunch of weird guards to go with Doncic. Like, I like Brunson. I like Trey Burke. Those are duplicates. They don't fit super great. It's just a weird roster. And I think this is probably I – I think this is who they are. Um, they might be an eight seed, but – they they got some roster construction to do to be anything worth a damn. I don't know if they sneak into that A seed, honestly, uh, with the teams above them who I think are just better and the way they play defense. I don't know. I mean, we can look take a look at the teams above them, and I just think that they're stuck this year. I think they're not going to make it. I don't think they, they make it this year. No, yeah, no. I meant more uh, like their their ceiling is like the seven oh, eight C, like period. Oh, I got it. as construction. Period, as construction. Okay, yeah, I agree with that. Then this team as construction, they yeah. probably got to move Porzingis, but with that contract they just gave him, I don't know how doable that's going to be. You're gonna have to trick somebody. I mean, maybe you just have to get more out of him. Maybe that's instead of trying to. He's still relatively young. He's still he's been hurt a lot. So as far as how many games he's played in his career, he's even younger than than his actual age. Because he, I mean, I don't know how many has he played a full season. I don't think he's ever played a full season, has he? Maybe one in New York. I don't. So, think so. I mean, he still has some experience that he can gain. I think I think there's still upside there. I'm not I'm not writing him off. It's just I thought he was already at a level that apparently he is not. And then you just got to do some stuff with that roster because, again, when I was talking about Utah's wings, I mean, Dallas's wings make Utah's wing look like the Clippers because, <laughs> I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr. is the best they got. I mean, Dorian Finney-Smith and then... Puts no fear I mean, in my heart. Josh, Josh Richardson. I like Josh Richardson, but he ain't, I ain't scared of him. I ain't worried about that. Nah, he so, can stand out there and shoot threes all day if he wants. Yeah, you, you can you can have all the jumpers you want, Josh. Um, so that's my di- most disappointing team, my most disappointing player. I hate to say it because I, because I, I'm a big fan of this dude. I was looking for other names the whole time, trying to find somebody so I had to shave my guy. But Devin Booker has been a disappointment to me, man. I I don't understand. Ooh, good call. How you get Chris Paul on your team and then lead the league in turnovers. Like, how do you get a guy that, that can take all that burden off of you and then that's when you become the biggest turnover machine in the league? He's not shooting so for a I high don't clip. Know. As he, well, I know. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I don't know what happened with him with that, with him having the ball less and starting to turn the ball over more. That was really weird. I wasn't I was, I wasn't expecting that. Weird. It's a weird thing. I mean, if I'm honest... Like I said, that's still my guy. I love Devin Booker. I don't think this is going to be some long-term. I'm not worried about him, per se. I just, I was expecting him, especially after the bubble. He's out here hitting turnarounds on Paul George, putting another reverse highlight tape on Paul George's head. 
I'm I'm thinking he this is the beginning of him becoming a top three two guard in this league, and that's just isn't what we've seen this thus far this year, and it's it, it's super disappointing because I'm I'm ready to go all in team Booker. I'm ready to I'm ready to be the captain of that bandwagon, but I need him to to do what he's capable of and be the player that that I know he is. And he just hasn't been that guy yet. I, th- I think the Suns have a pretty good record, so you can't complain too much because they're they're winning games. Um, have they a chance are, to make the playoffs. They're, so they're solid. Yeah, so they're winning games, so you can't complain too much. But I think that's how you see the upside on that team because if Devin Booker becomes the normal Devin Booker or bubble Devin Booker, then watch out for that team because they have. I really like that roster. I think they're built very well. Um, so if we can get normal Devin Booker, and I think that team has a chance to to make a little bit of noise or scare somebody here in the playoffs. Do you think having the ball less with Chris Paul around is affecting him? Because I mean, he really had the ball in his hands all the time before Chris Paul got there. I don't think so. I mean, he's played on teams. Off, the, I mean, he's a natural too. Don't get me wrong. I mean, him having the ball in his hands and creating for others was more of like a, him expanding his game. I look at it a lot the same way with Bradley Beal um, when John Wall went out. Like, he expanded his game to be getting players involved. But naturally, he's a scorer. That's what he does best. And that's what he looks to do. He he hunts shots. So, with this turnover thing, I can't really explain it. I don't, I don't know why he's been so turnover prone this year. I mean, he's always been turnover prone, but lead the league turnover prone and he may not still lead the league i know i know he he did a i looked about a week ago and he was number one in the league in turnovers but i just don't get it i really don't um i think he'll turn it around but he's just been a disappointment for me um my biggest surprise you said utah yeah, I, I can't go with Utah. You know, I can't co-sign that. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I think it's it's a weird answer because I mean we just talked about them and not so glowingly. Um, but the Knicks, I thought they were gonna be trash this year. Like I looked at that roster and I thought they would have five wins. I thought I didn't see that much between them and Detroit, if I'm honest. I didn't. I don't see why that's different. But Julius Randle has been. I love that guy. Even again, that's another dude that I was bullish on. But I can't sit here and tell you I thought he was gonna be twenty-two, ten, and six assists. The the assists, his ability to distribute is not something I knew he had to that level. Like, I, he, other than of other bigs, I think what Jokic and. Draymond are probably the only other forwards, well, I'm LeBron, the only other bigs, I guess I'll say, that have more assists per game than than Randall. He's basically their point guard. Dang. Like, he, he essentially runs that offense for them. So that's the level of his game that I didn't know he had. He's hitting threes now. Like, the guy is a handful. So I think, and then R.J. Barrett has come along nicely. I thought he had a I thought he had a bad rookie year. I expected more out of him his rookie year. I think he's starting to get a hang of it. So, and then quickly is another guy that I liked him at Kentucky. Quickly, I, I like. thought he could be. 
I thought he could be a good player in this league. I'd be lying if I said that I thought that would happen year one. So they got some pieces. Uh, I still don't know if they're going to be a playoff team, but they're more competitive, and I like their direction much better than I did before the, before the season. I would have told you that they're a lost team, but right now um, they're, I mean, they look like they have they have a direction at least. I don't think Derrick Rose is part of that direction, but they look like they have some pieces in place. And then my biggest surprise. I hope I won't go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just keeping on the Knicks before you jump off of them. Yeah, they can get top and healthy and in the rotation. That's another young person with the guys you named also. So they're trending upwards, man, which is something we haven't said about the Knicks in a while. So yeah, you're right about that. I can't remember the last time I said trending upwards in the Knicks in the same sentence. That's been. I think Allen Houston was there the last time they were trending up. Mellow. Yeah, I guess they had some mellow mellow years. Yeah, mellow and Amari. They had some years, and then the Heat went ahead and stole their heart. Um, Yeah. And then my surprise player, this is going to also be a weird one, is I think it's Embiid, man. Uh, Obviously, Embiid's always been a hell of a talent. He's always been a great center, but he's shown me another level this year. Like, if you told me at the beginning of the year MB would be the front runner for MVP, I'd have laughed. Because it wasn't that long ago we were asking, is this, if you had to trade one, who do you trade, MB or Simmons? MB is making that look like such a stupid question right now because he's, he's like, he's act, this year, he's probably been a top five player this year. And I've never really viewed him as that. But if we're looking just off of this year, I can't name. Five players have had a better a better start to the season than him. So um, it's really encouraging seeing him take the next step in his game. Um, he's always been able to score, but he's even looks like a monster on the defensive end. He looks locked in every night. Uh, I think my biggest criticism of him is he's been inconsistent, but every game he's going out there and he looks locked in. So I'm hats off to Embiid. Looks like he's putting in the work and he's becoming becoming the guy that he's. I'd say often that people don't ever usually reach their ceiling. He's looking like one of those guys that is, is going gonna, is gonna to reach that ceiling and, and be just as good as he should be and be a Hall of Fame type of center. He's, I think if he keeps at this pace, he's going to be in the conversation when we're talking greatest centers of all time. Now, I'm not saying he's going to pass and he's not going to be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but I think he'll be in that conversation. I think he'll pass guys like Ewing and morning and david robinson i think he's that kind of talent and if he plays like this i think he'll be he'll be in that top five six centers of all time list yeah i i've been i've been on him this year i've you know me i've been talking to you about him for a while now these couple of weeks saying he's a he's a monster he's changed man this year he looks different and i I was off Simmons quick onto Embiid. I was like, nah, this guy. You want to go with Godzilla right here. That's the guy. So I'm, I agree with you on Embiid. I like everything you're, you're saying with him. And he just keeps locked in and playing good on defense and just stays healthy. The Sixers can ride him, man, as long as, you know, he stays on the court. All right, so... I think I kind of took over a little bit and kind of overran you. So we never, I don't think we ever got your surprise player so far in the season. So uh, who's your surprise player so far in the season? 
So I'm going to be a total homer on this one. And Naturally. I'm going to go with C. You know, I like to keep it homerish time to time. I'm going to go with C. Wood. When the Rockets signed C. Wood, I was excited. I was like, okay, we got us a nice little big man to throw out there that we don't usually have that has some skills. And then I started watching them play on a nightly basis. And I was like, oh, this is what we got? Okay. I can. I like this. I like this a lot. I like his skill set, man. I, I, it's been a while since the Rockets have had a big that can shoot the three, can dribble a little bit, doesn't need the ball all the time. I wish he would be a little bit more selfish, honestly. He's a little bit passive for my liking as a big man, but, you know, he needs some extra pounds on him. He's a little skinny. He's a tall man right now, not a big man. But Christian Wood, that's my surprise. He's might sneak into an all-star spot. I haven't quite looked how the big men – in the West are going to shake up, but he's averaging, he's on a short list of dudes that are got the 2010 and 50% from the field. I think it's like him and B jokage, maybe one more person, but I know it's the, those three guys on the list. So that's pretty impressive. I mean, yeah, off the top of my head with the West, I mean, we have jokage, obviously Anthony Davis is going to yawn his way into a, all-star game appearance. That guy ain't even trying, and he's out here doing 22-9. and nine. But other than that, I mean, I can't think of somebody in the West off the top of my head that's going to be more deserving than what Christian Wood's been doing. I mean, I've been on Christian Wood for a while. I've, You know me. I'm a summer league guy. I love the summer league. I, I get hyped for that. And he's been smacking in the summer league for like the last five summers. I thought he was ineligible at this point because even every year he he does work. And so I was just like, is somebody going to give this man a chance? Like he's going he's going against these rookies that you guys are going to play 20 minutes a night and he's busting their ass. So I don't understand why he can't get a chance. But then at the end of the year when Detroit's entire front line got hurt, um, he started getting minutes. They basically lucked into finding him, and then they didn't even keep him. It doesn't. That's just what Detroit basketball is right now. But when he was forced into action, he was doing what he's doing right now with the Rockets. He was twenty and ten every night. So that got him into a contract. You guys were able to get him on, on my mind on on the cheap. It's very rare to get somebody a very deal cheap. On somebody. Which... Yeah. So yeah, Christian Wood. I think for me, I wasn't quite a surprise because, like I said, I've I've seen him in summer league. I watched. I'm not gonna say I watched. I saw his box scores in Detroit. You can't watch Detroit basketball unless you win Detroit. We we've discussed that, but I've seen the box scores. He was putting up the 20 and 10. So when he got to Houston in an in environment that's better, I mean, I didn't see any reason why it wouldn't happen again, and and that's what he did. So. Yeah, hats off to hats off to Christian Wood. Yeah, I'm 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 happy. So that's my surprise player, a good surprise, a very good surprise. Absolutely, man. So, all right. So that's that's again. I appreciate you guys joining us. That's what we have for today. Um, be on the lookout for more content. Uh, maybe next time our analysis will be a little better than it is for the Super Bowl where we were uh, completely wrong. I promise uh, we're right sometimes as well. So uh, signing off for Nick, I'm Jamal. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Media Timeout Podcast. Mahomes looking to flip, takes it in for the touchdown. Be sure.
sure to follow us on Twitter at MTO Sports and visit our website, MediaTimeoutSports.com, for more content.